I have, it feels like I have a pill in the back of my throat. It's just Ooh. stuck. Like when you just swallow without water. Mm-hmm. I hate that, man. That sucks. Yeah. You know what that else sucks? Man. I know decon, decon. sucks. I know decon, decon sucks. sucks. God damn it. I know decon <laughs> sucks. But you know what doesn't suck or at least what can help decon suck just a little bit less is using what? first line technologies hybrid decon. They are absolutely revolutionizing the decon process with their bar, blot, apply and remove using wet and dry decon. Imagine not finding an area large enough to set it up. The, the hoses, the rigging, all that stuff. It's now a compact little tote and you throw it in the back of the H, uh, the SUV small. But you did. <laughs> you definitely, definitely yeah. don't want to just take our word for it. Um, nope. You want to check them out yourself. Go to firstlinetech.com, uh, which is going to help make Decon suck just a little bit less. And with that, you can get your training from the best. Us. Of course. <laughs> how, el- how elitist is that? That's so it, funny. But it's elitist for a reason. <laughs> Right. Like we, we, when we come in, we deliver experience. We definitely don't have boring training uh, and we don't just deliver courses that were designed years ago or are copy and pasted from, you know, things that happened a decade ago. They are up to date and they are the latest and the greatest. Yeah. So we've been partnering with the best props, technologies, devices available, and we will bring the best instructors because we only hire the best. So our instructors are all handpicked the cream of the crop to come in there and partner with us so don't let your potential go untapped uh contact us and be our partner in our training endeavor go to the hazmatguys.com slash hire us reserve your spot and start your transformational training experience today We are back once we, again, part two. Yes, of the the philosophy of failure, the 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 can't ever miss one that that uh, zero zero failure type of attitude. We are back. We are talking about it, constant victory. But before we get into that, Bob, where can they see us? They are going to be able to see us actually as of this recording. They will be the next time we'll be there is a couple of days later. Is Connecticut Fire Department instructors? We're doing. Um, a whole instructor development thing, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we call it you suck at teaching hazmat. And um, most people do. And we're going to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try to if they we're listen. Uh, we have the Wommer. That's the Wisconsin, the New England, the Omra, which is very exciting. Michigan, Cold Zone, South Carolina. And we also, if you haven't, if you've been under a rock or something, uh, go back on our YouTube channel or Facebook, I think, and you can see the Battery Destroyers Club, uh, which was a episode. And there's two to three more in the works right now. And then um, as of this recording, it will be a couple of days ago, you could see the after action report, which was featuring Mike Callen, uh, a salty dog in himself. And uh, we have a whole long list of this. This will pretty much be happening every Wednesday night, the first Wednesday night of the month at 1930 hours Eastern Standard Time. We're bringing back in all the OGs and we're finding out what it was like back in the day before lights came out. Yeah. Yeah. Before books, tablets, you know, 
Kobe were, school of Jesus kind Kobe of thing. School yeah, of Jesus. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's it should be interesting uh, to keep this going and hopefully bottle as much as we can for these guys and and get pass it on. Be the medium to pass it on. That's it. So how do we look at constant victory? How do we have this uh, this idea that we can't ever lose just one single time or one single failure could lead to catastrophic events? Well, we can kind of look at this from several different points of views. There's several different philosophies on, on how someone can start to wrap their mind around this constant victory thought process. Uh, and the one that probably uh, is always in the back of everybody's mind is kind of that existential view where, you know, if you mess up, you die and then you're kind of gone forever. So, you know, there's and I know a lot of people who train with this thought process in mind. They train with this idea that like, hey, man, this is this is my life. This is going to affect me. Right. There's slogans out there and let no man's go save my training. Let me down. You know, things things along those lines, like the the idea that failure could lead to death is definitely a really good motivator in trying to constantly do better. I tell that to guys that when they get into level A's. And I'm like, you know, I know we're in training and everything. I'm like, you know, but are you in a panic? Like, would you be in a panic? And they're like, well, yeah, yeah, I guess a little bit. I go, you should be absolutely terrified. I'm like, if the chemical is requiring this level of PPE, that you have to bring your entire environment in with you. Right. And it's so badass that if a little bit touched your skin, you're dead. I'm like, you should seriously be calling up the wife and going, is the, uh, the, the life insurance paid up? Right, like, right. So, like, know, I'm, go I'm literally isolating myself from the world to yeah. deal with this. And it doesn't take much to breach a suit in reality. It doesn't take no. much to slip up. It doesn't take much. You know, if, if you're if you're in one of those weird, you know, kind of environments that we talk about where you don't have a choice between flammability and toxicity. Well, now, like my whole like if something goes wrong, I'm now in a flammable atmosphere. In right. a plastic suit. So, yeah, no, that that the the driving motivation of staying alive is definitely something uh, that can help us out. And the the next one is the, the stoicism, right, which is uh, one of those words where you're like, uh, let me first define it, because I'm, I'm telling you, this is if you read any of these like leadership books or anything like this, they talk about stoic principles a lot. And it's on focusing on what's within your control and accepting what's not in your control. And that's a way to mentally prepare yourself for, for the risks and stuff like that. Special operations, you know, the Navy SEALs, uh, you know, Delta Force, all those guys that are the most badass guys on the planet, they understand that there's things that they cannot control for. And so if you think that being a control freak and, and, and wanting to understand all aspects and making sure that every tool is tight in the way you want it, that is just not a thing. It has to be things outside your control. Yeah, well, I mean, some some expressions from the military, right? Uh, the uh, plan goes to hell after the first shot is fired. Yeah, you know, that, well, Mike that would, Tyson, right? Everybody's yeah, everybody's a plan until he gets punched in the face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. But it's 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 really true, right? Like, because think of how much wasted energy people could have, right? You you arrive on scene and you haven't been able to identify what you can control and what you can't control. Well, 
by not identifying that, now your brain is processing information that it doesn't need to be processing on, right? 10, 20% of your brain is going to try to figure out a solution that there's no solution for because you haven't recognized there's no solution for it. Instead of being able to turn around and focus all your energy on what is within your bounds to control and what you can operate. So by being able to have that, that idea and that concept of being able to say, this is beyond my control, I can't help it, I will work to work around whatever and whenever it happens you you allow that full full bandwidth um you know it, it, it's it's funny there's i guess it's not funny well no it is funny uh it's funny if it's not you it's funny if it's not you uh the whole idea and thought process that like you know my death only has to win once Right. Like if the if I die once, my failure only has to happen once. I have to succeed every single time. Yes. Right. So it, it's kind of it, it's it's kind of bullshit. Uh, it's, when you think about it like that, when you think about all the things that people have done and when we know firefighters and hazmat people that have lost their lives in, in the line of duty. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, 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 to poke fun at that in any way, shape or form, but they, they lost that day and death won. And right. because if you don't have that mindset of that constant victory, that, that constant, you know, and some of it's beyond their control talking about what you talked about. I can go and I could do everything just perfect and I could die from something that is beyond my control. Uh, so, you know, it, it's again, it's this thought process of let me do everything I can with what I have when I have. And then when I step in and that's in the training world. And then when I step into the reality world, things will fall into place a little bit easier. I agree with that. And one of the, th as as a technician, even as a human, I, I think you got to kind of we're we're always in this dichotomy, like this split, like the uh, paradox, like a tug of war, like a tug or of a war, right? yeah. the yin and the yang or whatever the hell it might be. But we have this philosophical paradox in this situation here where we we have the the striving for a consistent success in an environment where failure though less frequent, thankfully, is disproportionately larger consequences. Like you don't get, you don't come out of a scene and get a cookie or, or you know, like, a, a, oh, here's a freaking trophy for this thing. Right. But if you come out wrong, if you did the wrong thing, you look right. There's no and that, timeouts and do overs. That goes back to, to kind of last week where it's like, you're only as good as your last job. Right. Like if you, if you're stepping in, and you're not producing every single time. Nobody cares. And if you go to the, the whole idea of consequences, right? Like one little thing, you know, nobody's going to see the 10 things you do that are good. But if you do one mistake that then catastrophically ruins the, the scene or the environment or makes things proportionally worse. Oh, man, that's like that is one of the biggest fears we have is 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 messing this up like i've done little mess ups here and there but i don't right. think i've done anything that has catastrophically set the scene backwards have you ever done i don't think no i i can't yeah like you, you know like um 
where everything went sideways and I'm like, woof, like that escalated pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. At least not from my own actions. I mean, we've been at jobs where, you know, fire, the fire is suddenly engulfed the whole building in a matter of seconds. You're like, holy crap. But it's not like I pulled a lever and that happened. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, no, it, it, I don't think so either. I Well, whatever. It, you know, what? It, it's going to happen. And, and, and one of the things that we can do is increase our grit our resilience now this is a kind of a thing where you i think it's kind of hard to do in a tabletop i can, i'll tell you i experienced this a lot actually doing things or during training under a lot of uh pressure you know uh for example we would do okay everybody does like your 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 firefighter search drills or your you know your your gun jam drills or whatever it might be but doing those drills with like death metal music playing loud in the dark where it's super cold like all those stressors are adding up you know and and i know there's, there's a lot of people that say like this there's the swiss cheese theory of of catas uh, catastrophic events where you know when all those little holes line up just right you can see right through the cheese that's when it happens. But that's like, when the catastrophe happens? Yeah, because, okay. like, it, you know, it, it wasn't one thing that caused the uh, catastrophe. Right, right. It was a multitude of things that happened in the right order, in the right proximity, in the right, like, spatial planes and, and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is in order to build your grit and resilience, you have to train. You're not just going to day, uh, you know, the day of the Super Bowl, just going to show up and be like, oh, I'm ready for 80,000 people to yell at me. You're not. You, you can't <laughs> right. handle three you have people to be, yelling at you. You have to have people yelling at you on a regular basis every day like, before you can get to something like people. that. It's it, you have to you make the cake in the oven. It, it it all comes together under pressure. I think. And there are you know there are ways to 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 try to put your mindset to be able to do that because it is incredibly stressful uh, to be in a situation where you're having endless struggle, right? Where it's just, it's constant. You come from one thing to another, to another. And, um, you know, everybody has different coping mechanisms for that. I personally, one of the things that has, that taught me the most about about struggle and perseverance, believe it or not, was something totally outside the fire department. And that was jujitsu. Oh. Where where you're you are basically in this um, quasi life and death battle with somebody, right? You're either going to break a limb or get choked out, uh, and <laughs> you, you, you there are times where you're literally just you're you're right there. You're like you're 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 right there. You're about to be choked out, but all you have to do is just relax and wait. And just hold your posture and wait. And you're struggling, but you're waiting and you're waiting for the right moment to come in. And you're learning patience and calmness under extreme pressure. And we can take that concept and that idea and apply it to the fire world. I mean, we see that some of the, the greatest officers I know are the ones that just kind of like walk in the whole buildings on fire and they're telling you what to do. Like they're like they're asking you what's for lunch. You know, they're just yep. they're calm. They know what's ahead of them. They know it's going to be a struggle, but they keep themselves in their mind calm in the process. They focus on the goals. They focus on what they can control, what they can't control, the outcomes, and they move forward. I like that. And, and one more before, you know, we move on to another topic <laughs> is is um, is mind mindfulness. Um, and they, they, I, I've heard this 
being put as being in the moment. You know, don't I, I like to pre-plan. Me personally, I like to say th- be two, three, four steps ahead. Okay. I like to be doing two or three tasks at the same time. But there are times where you have to just come home and understand where we are. Like, okay, it is really cold. I'm okay with that. It is really loud. I'm okay with that. You know, like be present and just be uh, how do we how do you say this? To remain clear headed in the face of Im- immense pressures. And mm. the only way to do this is to really practice in immense pressures. Whether it's self-imposed or, you know, or somebody imposes on you. Well, no different than the airline pilots, right? Where they have to maintain this extreme level of calmness in order to think through a problem and a solution. And you hear it even on the radio when they know they're about to go down, they know they're about to die and they're just absolutely calm as could be. Yeah. yeah and that's for them. Yeah, like- it's. Delta three six heavy coming in and like, instead of <laughs> I'm gonna die. Right. No, that would that would that would be me. I'd be screaming like a little bitch. You know, please, 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 begging as I go down. Um, but I mean that it's that it's that thought process, right? It's that it's. I mean, we can list multiple examples, but it's that calmness under pressure. It's that keeping the right mindset. It's the understanding the important things, understanding the things you control. Like it all ties into that experience that gives you the ability to just kind of relax and have that constant victory over and over again. Right. It's 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 being able to communicate that well. All right. So so we, we've kind of talked about it. We've, we've kind of understood the, the, the reasons for it, how we go about it. Uh, if we were going to communicate this, Bob, how would we communicate it? I would use Cavcom. Cavcom <laughs> is the bomb. <laughs> Cavcom's the bomb. I say over and over and over. Um, they have that talk through your ears. Five thousand uh, technology, which is insanely good. Um, and you should check it out. It's lightweight. It uses your radios, your SCBA, your ensemble. It's incredible. The right? talk, yeah, the talk through the ears completely changes how you communicate with your with your teammates. It, it is it is it is absolutely unbelievable. So if you haven't uh, gone and checked it out, we've done an episode on them with them, uh, where we were actually doing the show with music playing and noise playing using the headphones and the <laughs> audio crazy. is, yeah, the audio is only a little bit less than studio quality. So without a shadow of a doubt, go find out as much of, uh, information about the Cavcom systems as you can. Yeah. Go to the website. It is the clearest communication device on the market period. Check them out. Go to the website. Tell them the Hasback I sent you and buy 6,000 of them because they're worth it. Now, how would you go about preparing, continuing to prepare? Well, all right. So now let's take all of this that we've talked about, because you have to train, you have to do things. What are some strategies that 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 we can do in order to maintain that level of calmness and clarity and not ever get to the point that our own mindset is going to keep us from that constant victory? I'm going to go back and I know I've mentioned this before because it almost makes you like it gives you the chills. But there was that dude that dropped the plane into the Hudson. Oh, Uh, yes. Sullenberger. Yes. Right. And I remember reading something on him and they his peers said that if 
if there was one guy you knew that could do this, who would it be? And they're like, oh, that guy. He was always training. He was always trying this. And what if this fails? And always preparing. And the article said, and I, I remember the quote because it was such a good quote. He said, from day one, I made constant deposits into my emergency fund, knowing full well one day I would have to make an immediate full withdrawal. And I was like, oh, that's it. That hits you in the feels. As <laughs> that really does. Right. And so continuous learning, the necessity of ongoing education and training. It doesn't always have to be external. Like you can stress your system sitting in a chair, closing your eyes and saying, "Okay, what if this happens? What's your plan? As we said last week, you know, if you don't even talk about hitting the deer, you don't even know that's an option. You know, and maybe I'll say, hey, I'm going to hit the deer. Mike, what do you think about hitting deer? You're like, that's crazy. They're full of explosives. You're like, oh, (laughs) yeah, you're going to die if you hit the deer. But at least you've at least you've walked through the process. And, you know, beyond that, right, beyond it as a choice, if you go down that choice, right, what if I do hit the deer? What if I can't swerve left and right? Like, so what if I do hit the deer? Well, there's the possibility that my vehicle is damaged. There's a possibility it goes through the window. Like, am I prepared to fail at that mission and then pick up the pieces and move forward? So even walking through the failure can ultimately lead to a victory, which is why our training has to be as absolutely realistic as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you you in no way, shape or form can go in and half ass your unrealistic training, even tabletops, which are just sitting in a room. You want the scenarios to be realistic. You want the choices to be realistic. Uh, you want to be able to in sense or 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 implant a sense of urgency into the people that are sitting at the table so that they have that mindset is starting to click in and then they can kind of pull back from it. Dude, I, you know what? You said the urgency, and it's very hard to do that on a tabletop. And I did this. It's it's might be a little underhanded, but when I put a clock up on a table and say you have 20 minutes, you assume you have 20 minutes. But I set the clock to run at 1.2 speed. The 8, 20 minutes was actually like 16. Oh, so just the 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 pressure of time becomes that artificial pressure in their head. Because yeah, their their interpretation, you know how long 20 minutes is, maybe five minutes, but when it's not real. And time starts distorting because of pressure. It actually increases the pressure. It was a, it was a weird thing. I'm not saying it was good or bad. Some guys were pissed off about it, but hey, listen, I got the elicit. I got the response I wanted. Right. And how did you find that? Just that tweaking of that training. How did you see a difference in their response? It, it ramped up exponentially. Like, you know, as the class, you watch one of those cooking shows and you watch them beating Bobby Flay or something like that, you know, as they get down to three, two, and they're trying to plate the last couple of things, it, it, sweating and pouring off them and stuff like that. But if you modify the, the rules of the clock where time changes and stuff like that, it, it actually makes it a lot harder. I would imagine that that would actually go to also help with the, the next point is that um, developing the right mindset where you're kind of starting that mental toughness like you know i've got the clock beaten down i have to put my shit off to the side in order to focus on what's in front of me i have to be tough enough to be able to push out what is not helping and focus on the immediate and come to a solution yeah i even even doing uh, again 
this is kind of like a running joke in the emergency services, like, you know, in, in construction, like safety first and in, in, in emergency services, like safety third, you know, <laughs> yeah, like third, <laughs> like <laughs> I know it's sometimes, uh, you know, but it, it is kind of a thing. Like it's those it's I'll give you the case in point. Do you wear a bump helmet in your level A? No. Most people don't. And because they're like, ah, what do I need this for? I put it on in training. This is game day. You don't need that. But how bad is it if you're walking into like a confined space or, or, or pipes and you go boom and you get blasted <laughs> right in the head and you take a knee, you know, in, in, in the broken glass and you rip open the suit and you, like you can see how the snowball. So safety should be part of it. It absolutely uh, has to be part of the risk benefit analysis, right? Like you, we does. do, like you said, we sacrifice safety, but the safety portion has to be there uh, in that whole left, right, go, balance. no go things, right? That balance. Yeah. And when you do that, and this is a professional athlete, these are special operations in the military, everything like that. They all use like this concept of visualization, right? Before you go downrange, before you zip up, Close your eyes and visualize what the perfect scenario looks like. Mm. I'm walking in. I'm going to step over that curb with a nice high knee. I'm going to grab the tool in my left hand. I'm going to pivot to the right. Like all these things, everybody does it. Like football players, baseball players, and military guys, even though the, especially in the military ones, they don't know what's behind the wall. And just like we don't know what's on the other side of the wall. So, but they do have drills. So if you're interested in that, Positive visualization, especially the military guys, they're like, that is what makes us so successful is that we visualize the success we're going to see and we just step into it and just work towards it. Yeah, that's it. Not like it's like, ah, what's the big deal? It's just it's just steal things. You just jump out. of planes. And <laughs> it's yeah, it's what a, impressive shit. I mean, I successfully you know. imagine landing on the ground. Yeah, with a parachute, <laughs> with a parachute. Uh, right. That's the key. Key part. <laughs> You know, but like even even you're going to have successes and failures. You should right? be learning from those successes and failures. That's the key. That's what I want. And and so when we started the podcast, I remember this. It was just, this is frustrating as shit because when we were starting the podcast, we were like, we're gonna have all these topics, and then we're gonna invite all these people on, and they're gonna discuss their failures, and it's gonna be great. I will say we're up to what four hundred and. Twenty-six episodes. Anybody? No, we had thirty. Thirty, maybe. We actually just had. I reached out to somebody two days ago and was like, "Hey guys, uh, you know, I uh, saw so you had this run. You did the this, the that." And they were like, "Yeah, we'd love to come on. We'll love to talk about it." Blah blah blah. I'm like, he's like, "Let me just run it past my supervisors." And we, two days later, I get a text message back that's like, "That's a no go. They're not allowing us to talk about the incident." And I'm like. And it's yeah. just it's the way that it is like we can't get anybody to come on and talk about their successes and talk about that. And we do. We do. But we it's very frustrating. It's it's hard. But, you know, what we're talking about is firsthand accounts of of operations. However, there are all those things called case studies, which I will say the IA. What is it? The IAT. Uh, the International Association of. Oh, man, the chemical. Safety board, CSB, that's what it is. You know, they do uh, case studies on things that went sideways and you can learn a lot of stuff. So grab those reports, break them into pieces and make them tabletops where every so often you inject a new piece of the puzzle. 
and have discussions after each piece, each, after each paragraph. Yeah, that's that's the, an easy one. The, it's a little bit harder to do the 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 near misses, right? You have your catastrophes and then you have your near misses. Um, I don't think there's a really a central database for near misses, right? I don't think so. But you know what? There's an extensive database of catastrophes. People there lost. is catastrophes, right? But I'm going to bet there's some people that do near misses. But how many times have you read a report on lessons learned? Nobody gives a shit about them. That's what we were trying to get on. People right. that learned a little lesson. A little bit. A like, little oh. tiny bit. Yep. It, it, but we get that right we there's no central database but we got that by sitting around the firehouse kitchen table so that was our near miss study that's what we were trying to bring on to the show was that you know a nationwide near miss or a nationwide lessons learned uh it's it's super important to to understand what happened from somebody's point of view where they failed they learned a lesson and by understanding and, and hearing them hearing their situation hearing their options hearing their outcome that actually becomes experience in your brain in that filing cabinet so it, it's it's huge and 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 with that, with that, oh, what would be the right word? With that um, responsibility of listening to somebody's near miss, you also have the responsibility of giving out your near misses, right? You're being being open to feedback from people where they turn around and they go, hey, listen, like, I see what you did there. And uh, I don't think it was the best thing. Maybe you could have done it a little bit differently. That's really hard for us as firefighters to listen to other people's critiques, uh, you know, especially in the hazmat world where, you know, that. That operation, you know, it was based upon science and thought and this and that. And you're basically criticizing the person's entire thought process by being like, yeah, I think you were wrong. I think you could have done it better. But we have to absolutely be open to it. I like it. Um, so. Just to wrap it up and talk about a couple of our friends. Um, let's see, where is my my read? I moved it all around. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't find the mid-roll read before. I was like, well, I don't know where that went. <laughs> but well, uh, if you are facing chemical spills, waste disposal or environmental challenges, SMR Rapid Response offers expert solutions. You could reach them in Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina and any place else you want at 800-248-5816 or smrrapidresponse.net. And if you're looking for some training by a not-for-profit led by experts that provide response uh, emergency training in both industry as well as the, the first responder world, uh, collaborating with fire departments, military agencies, private sectors, go to Industrial Emergency Comp uh, Council, uh, IEC. Uh, I'm sorry, let me say that again, ietraining.org or call them at 650-508-9008.